It's Behind the Bots Time! From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And today on the podcast, our interview with Doomba captain Bryce Farrell and teammates Philippe Voye and Liz Javaria. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Do it, because I'm going to check. Because no one's left a review in a while. So uh, let's get on that. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have three news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat this weekend in Norwalk, Connecticut. This is the big one. Saturday is the 2022 NHRL $1 million World Championship. 72 of the best Beetleweights, 12-pounders, and 30-pounders on the planet will compete for $50,000 in cash prizes and $1 million in charity donations to STEM nonprofits of their choice. Mad Catter driver and reigning NHRL beetleweight champion Calvin Eba will again be running the three-time Golden Dumpster winner Lynx, where he is all but guaranteed to again meet Sable's captain Jameson Go and his six-time Golden Dumpster winner Silent Spring. Speaking of, Jamo, he's qualified robots in all three weight classes and will be running his Golden Dumpster winning 12-pounder Psycho and the reigning 30-pound NHRL champion Megatron. The action kicks off this Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Will be streamed live over YouTube with the four of us sitting on the broadcasting desk. If you're in the Northeast and you want to join us live, tickets start at just $10 each. I want to pause here, Chris, Lindsay, uh, your thoughts on this weekend's mega competition. Obviously, this is the penultimate event of the year of the NHRL calendar. Who are you looking forward to seeing competing this weekend? Who do you think is going to do well? Do you have any thoughts, Lindsay? <laughs> um. Man, it's uh, definitely a hard one to predict um, at, you know, this level. Uh, it, it really could be anyone's game. A lot of these people and bots have have really proved themselves over multiple events this year. Um, now, someone that uh, and I, I feel like probably a lot of conventional wisdom is going to suggest that Calvin Eba and Lynx is going to take home another golden dumpster. And that very well may be. Um, however, I, I, you can't deny just the consistent practice that Brian Boxel has had with eruption this year. Um, he, I, I think has been to almost every event and has dominated every single time. Um, and it's, I, I feel like he just has been learning and tone like um honing in on his bot and he's really ready to go, I have to imagine, for, for Saturday. So that's who I'm gonna have my eye on. Uh and then you know, also there's the possibility that Jameson Go is gonna sweep every category <laughs> with um Silent Spring and um Psycho and Megatron Megatron. So, you know, that's also a possibility, but uh I'm also looking at uh, Marco for the 30-pound bracket. Brian Boxel is uh, also my dark horse pick for the Beatles. Um, there is 
not i mean there there there's no one else in the beatles who has worked as hard as brian this year um and his hub motor design that uh won him the golden dumpster a couple months ago is just in top form um so yeah i i i i would agree with you i think that you know um smart money is is or even money is probably on on calvin and jmo but but brian yeah an eruption i think could has has the potential to take it. Um, he's such a meticulous engineer, and um, he's really just put an incredible amount of time and energy and thought into that robot uh, this year. And shows in his ranking, he um, he's now ranked number one of all time in the Beatles um, going into the competition. So so I'm really really looking forward to his performance. Um, yeah, Chris, thoughts thoughts on on this weekend. Who who are you watching? My uh, my gaze is locked firmly on the 30 pound bracket uh for several reasons one of which uh revenge uh second of which glory third of which is revenge again <laughs> i got my uh my eyes on some uh some bots that have given me some some trouble in the past and uh i plan to absolutely obliterate them got it okay my dream for the 30 pound bracket is that dark side fights Yahoo <laughs> and uh, it can be copperhead teammates squaring up against each other. I do think Yahoo has a really good chance. Yahoo is, has done so well at an trail this year and last year. Um, I would almost put money on it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't, but it's going to be exciting no matter what. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I mean, last year felt so big. This year feels even bigger. It's been another year of innovation and another year of just pushing the boundaries of the sport even more. Um, so I think it's going to make it that much better this year. And then, of course, there's the, you know, there's the stakes on the line, not only the prize money, but also the STEM donations. I, I mean, if I had a chance to donate a quarter of a million dollars to the STEM charity of my choice, I would, uh, I'd be freaking out. So it just, there's a, a lot going on. And uh, I think there's going to be some awards announced as well, which I don't know how much we can say about that, but uh, there's some awards at, at, uh, at the line. Yeah. Some extra, some extra glory to take home at the end of the tournament i guess you could say uh now speaking of local robotics events our co-host chris judged his first robotics competition this past weekend in ulster park new york chris i would love to hear about this experience um you know you've you've been a competitor you've been an announcer now you're a judge you're kind of completed the trifecta what was this event and like tell us more about it so this was a, a vex uh robotics event held at mount academy mount academy are one of the top ranked VEX teams, you know, in the world. Um, and they are relatively newcomers to robotics. I think that last year might have been even the first year of their program. Um, and so they had about 27 teams came from uh, all over the uh, the Southern New York area uh, to compete, um, you know, at this, this, this school looks like Hogwarts. It's... Um, it's basically uh, a uh, an old um, uh, monastery kind of castle looking building. 
uh, and you go in and everything is uh, absolutely exquisite and gorgeous and you go and they, all of a sudden you just step into these rooms and there are, you know, all of these um, uh, Vex pits where these these robots are, are pitted against each other in this season's uh, sport, which is, um, it's it's like picking up six inch discs firing them into what looks like a, um, if you've ever seen Frisbee golf, like one of those chain nets. Uh, but then in addition, there's several other parts of the challenge that you can factor into your bot, including building in an autonomous feature, uh, firing a string at the end game uh, to see how many uh, different floor tiles your string can touch. And all of these things lead to a point total. So in addition to, to just the, the scoring and point system of the game, there are several judges, and we spent the better part of seven hours interviewing uh, over a hundred and like thirty, a hundred and forty kids uh, all over these twenty-seven teams. And we, you know, we we asked them questions about, you know, what's their role in the team, what's their design ethos with the bot, and you know, what challenges do you have, what changes do you plan on making for the season. We 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 basically. Uh, conduct this interview and assign uh, our own point system to how well they interview. And that all gets kind of parsed together to give away several of these awards at the end of the day, uh, including the design award, which uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the design of your bot is the best, but the design, uh, the process of building documentation and, uh, you know, basically showing your your work of how you achieve this bot, that, that's what earns you a design award. Um, there's like an excellence award, which is in conjunction with, uh, how well you do in the eyes of the judges and how well you do in the, uh, in the overall point totals. And then there's awards for builds and, you know, the amaze award for, you know, a bot that has some kind of X factor. Uh, so this was, uh, really, really cool. I had never really been to a VEX competition before, and it was really interesting to see the parallels, but also see what is really different. Uh, between the combat robotics community and you know this uh, this this Vex community, um, I was delighted to see that there was one milk tank shirt in the wild, <laughs> uh, and I tried my best to not give that kid's team extra points uh, just because of the cool factor of that T-shirt. Uh, but I think his team actually did fare pretty well, so good on good on them. And uh, you know, I I. I was really impressed by um, how dedicated a lot of these uh, these young adults were, and um, you know the uh, the level of commitment that some teams had, despite not having perhaps as good uh, of uh, funding or you know at, at, at some of the programs that were represented there. They definitely come from a school of you know a lot more. Um, uh, there's a lot more financial backing. There's already places in place for them to like go and learn and, and, and dive into STEM. But then there's other schools that don't have that. And I was really, really impressed by a couple of these schools that maybe they had like a really big team, but they didn't have the resources to build, um, you know, a, a competitive bot. And, you know, uh, I, 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 absolutely wanted to ring the bell for those, those teams. Um, one of the teams in particular, he was, you know, kind of a one man show. He was a he's a homeschooled kid. Um, he is the only person in his VEX program because he's the only person in his homeschool program. But he delivered a, a workbook that absolutely shattered everyone else's. 
Uh, he built a bot that was really resilient. It was smart and it worked really well. And he was there in the finals. And just to see someone like that, I'm, I just want to be like, come, you know, come with us. <laughs> come to combat robotics. <laughs> you have to try this. Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe after some time we can we can get some people like that. But um, it's uh, it was a blast. And I was honored to be asked to be a judge. And I would definitely do it again. And hopefully we can get some of these kids from the Mountain Academy to also come over to NHRL because uh, they're very dedicated and they work really, really hard. And I think that they they could thrive in, a, in an environment like NHRL. Chris, I'm so curious. Um, like you were talking about the parallels, but also the differences. I mean, like, are, are there things that combat robotics, you know, local competitions, BattleBots itself could learn from these these collegiate or, you know, kind of like high school or educational robotics programs in terms of like how to grow community? Because I mean, obviously the VEX and the first communities are so robust. One of the things that I, that I kind of appreciate about the VEX team structure is like when you're, when you're doing your, um, your workbook, you're assigning roles to, uh, to individuals on the team. And so you might have a, a head programmer, you might have a head fabricator, you might have a driver. Uh, you might have a journalist that works with your school paper that just writes about your robot. So the fact that there's like defined roles and personas within these teams, I think is really cool. And, you know, it 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 helps at least from a conversational point of being a judge and talking to a team. I know exactly by looking at their workbook who I need to talk to about what. Um, but the, the fact that there, you know, these... The, the kids in these programs are, um, as part of the program, uh, you know, required to be more hands-on and not necessarily allowing coaches, adults, parents to step in and do any of the work, I think is also pretty cool. I think that, um, you know, we, we also see like family teams in NHRL and I think that NHRL and, and VEX could teach each other a little bit about both you know, sides of the stream here, because I love seeing families work together on bots in, in NHRL, but I also really love to see what kids could do on their own in VEX. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's, it's the rising tide, uh, uh, just whatever it takes. There's different, you know, um, there's different strokes for different folks. And, you know, there's definitely a way to get everyone involved in STEM through these different types of programs, just different flavors. Do you, what, which, which of the, what is it? The cosmopolitan ice cream. Do you like, is it the vanilla, the chocolate or that nasty stuff in the center? <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I just think that cross pollination between these different programs uh, could lead to better bots, both in NHRL. And then of course, in competitive programs like, like Vex and, and first. Well said, Chris. And finally, BattleBots this week published this season's team photos and team rosters ahead of BattleBots 7, which premieres January 5th on the Discovery Channel. Keen-eyed fans spotted me on Team Shreddit and Lindsay on Team Copperhead. Joining Lindsay was one of NHRL's most mysterious builders, alternate side captain and chef boyardee addict Clyde Magnuson. Check out photos on BattleBots.com. And that's it for this week's news. After the break, our interview with Bryce, Liz, and Philippe.
Joining us this week on the podcast, we have very special first-time guests, Bryce Farrell, Liz Chavaria, and Philippe Voyer from Team Doomba. Uh, they join us with their brand new rookie bot, although these are all very experienced roboteers. So we're going to talk to them today about how Doomba came to be, how they came to be a team, and how they got accepted into BattleBots. Um, very excited to talk to them today. So welcome, guys. Hey, thanks, Kyle. It's great to be here. Howdy. Um, okay, so what we like to do when we have especially new people and especially a team of people on is we like to have the members of the team introduce each other. Um, so, Philippe, I'm putting you in the hot spot first. Can you please introduce to us Bryce? Can you tell us who Bryce is, what Bryce does for the team, and what Bryce does just in life? Bryce is our reverend captain. He's just like, he's the person that uh, came up with Doomba, and he's probably one of the person I talk to the most, like outside of Balbots, just asking questions about Balbots and everything. Like, he, when I was on PMF, he was one of the person that convinced me to apply. And it, that's pretty much like it's one. It was one of the worst decisions of my life, but you know that's pretty much what Doomba is. So that's that's pretty much on brand on brand with Bryce. <laughs> Just <laughs> let, let's do the dumb stuff. That's that's exactly what he, what he is. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, all right. Uh, so Bryce, could you please introduce us to Liz? So Liz is a maker who's been all around, originally from Texas, but then she was on Squirkinork for Squirkinork's first year. Squirkinork. And we saw that on Mammoth and we're like, hey, you're a very useful person. Would you like to be on Mammoth? And so we brought her over to Mammoth. And then when I decided to do something even dumber, I was just like, hey, you, you want to come over and help? And she's been super helpful, especially with developing the brand and a lot of that side of it, which is a huge part of BattleBots. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. And then uh, Liz, can you please introduce us to Philippe? So Philippe is a CAD designer. And from what I've seen, like his CAD so far on, on Doomba, it's, he's amazing. And so he does really great work and very thorough. Um, I honestly, we just kind of met, <laughs> we met last year, um, I believe, or maybe did we? I can't remember. Um, and like, I officially didn't really get to start knowing him until this season. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, it's just CAD, CAD extraordinaire for the team. And fully on board with all the bad ideas. Oh my God. Okay. Maybe too much. That part. Yes. So many bad ideas <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened that turned out to be great. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then, so this is, uh, obviously, this is a rookie team, rookie robot, but you guys are not true rookies to even BattleBots. You've all competed on teams on BattleBots before. Um, so Bryce, you most famously debuted in BattleBots with Battle Royale with Cheese, and then you joined Team Mammoth. Um, Liz, you were on Sporkinok, as we said earlier, and Philippe, you were the captain for Pardon My French. Correct. Yes. I was on Sporkinok, Mammoth, and now Doomba. That's right. You were on sport on Mammoth, on Mammoth as well. Yeah, I was just talking about like which teams you debuted on. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, so now you guys have joined up to create this super team. <laughs> How did that come about? What did uh, what made you guys decide to kind of split off from where you were working before and, and start this project? Okay, I'll start. Uh, Mammoth started off as just super weird ideas pushing the envelope. 
and it eventually became more and more competitive and more and more kind of allergic to the really weird ideas, which, I mean, good for them. It's amazing what they've been able to accomplish. But uh, so we never ran Deep Mammoth, which is one of our secret configurations. And if we had run Deep Mammoth, I would probably still be on Team Mammoth. But I will, I will say that, like, for me, um, being part of this team reminds me of being on Sporkinok, uh, just because Lilith did a great job, and so does Bryce, in, like, just embracing crazy ideas. What crazy, like, you know, just kind of speak to, like, what he was talking about with Deep Mammoth. It's like, get a crazy idea, take it through full iteration, yes. like, see where it takes you. And I really, as you know, somebody who does a lot of stuff in the makerspace scene, I really enjoy those kinds of projects. And I, I, that's why I like being on this team. Yeah, our, our conversation on the team is like in the team chat on Facebook. It's pretty much just someone say, hey, we could do something really dumb. And then we just spend like a couple hours just designing CAD and just talking about everything just to make sure that, you know, we can have, I don't know. I don't know, we can have a Pikachu blade on our robot and it's still balanced and everything, you know? That's that's pretty much all we do. We just, someone will throw like a throwaway idea in the chat and then we're just gonna do all of the work and everything we can. Like our motto on this team is pretty much try hard the dumb stuff. Just That actually is our unofficial motto, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> everything on the robot works and it's like if you look into the robot, it, it's an actual combat robot that can win match, you know. But it still has a chainsaw on top, so anything can be done, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so I correct me if I'm wrong. Doomba is the first modern battle bot to sport a chainsaw weapon. Correct. Um, it, it, what is that? A modified chainsaw? Is that? something special to cut through robots or is that just like an off the shelf plug it in throw it on chainsaw that you guys like bought at Lowe's or something so this year we ran an off the shelf dewalt 60 volt chainsaw we did run a custom bar so we could run a carbide chain which gives us the actual ability to cut through metal but it's basically just off the shelf that's awesome uh philippe it, do you want to speak to next year's plans Oh, okay. So the, I can't tell too much about what happened this year, but something prompts up the need to have a the biggest chainsaw in BattleBots. So what happened is that we're probably we're gonna have a thirteen HP uh, bicycle motor in uh, in a fully custom chainsaw with like a ginormous chain next year. Like the chainsaw is gonna weigh twenty five pounds, but it's gonna. <laughs> It's gonna and it's gonna be insane because we're, it's gonna shoot flame through like a V8 exhaust and everything. But we just want to make sure that no one's out chainsaws us again. So we're gonna be the king of the chainsaw next year. <laughs> I love this. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about how you guys got into this crazy sport in general. Before BattleBots, like what? Piqued your interest in the sport, what got you involved? Let's kind of devolve into the uh, to the villain origin stories, if you will. Um, so, Philippe, we'll start with you. What got you drawing these robots, got you fighting these robots? Where did all this start? Uh, it started, like, 
16 years ago or something uh, i was one day i was uh, in, uh, at my godfather's place and uh, he just hey I, i'm gonna show you something and he just put robot wars on tv and i just saw sir kill a lot just explode a robot and that that was the the beginning for me so in I, i've been pretty much designing uh, heavyweights in my head for like 15 years but i didn't know that there was a smaller competition and everything so in 2015 when my mom told me hey there's battlebots on tv i was sure it would be reruns but then i i, I got on the finals uh, against bite force and tombstone and then from this point i was like okay i'm gonna build one of these things and in a couple of years i'm gonna be on battlebots so i just started s s small i built a like part of my french was my fourth robot ever so you know i'm, I'm still kind of new to this team like uh, to to this life you know um i've not been building for long but i've always been building in my head so just in and the problem too is that in canada there's not a lot of uh, competition so i can't really do like an event a month like we can do in the u.s so ballbots is pretty much right now my only time i can fight robots and see my friends so that's that's what i really like about it you know yeah absolutely all right, Liz, how did you get in with all these crazy people in this very strange world and very strange sport? So my very first robot competition ever was in 2020 with Lilith for Sporkanok. <laughs> <laughs> so I went from like no robot experience to, hey, you want to be in a robot team? <laughs> <laughs> literally and so we actually knew each other uh through her her she does a lot of work uh with robot ruckus it's another uh it's a famous robot like a robot competition yeah. and um if you're yeah familiar with it in, yeah and uh, uh, in orlando usually during around the time of maker yep. fair down there yep exactly and so i used to be a and i'm still like affiliated loosely with maker fair Maker Fairs in general. I actually was the producer and community director for Maker Fair Atlanta when I lived there. And um, so that's kind of how I got to know Lilith. And, you know, she, you know, saw me, you know, just working the events and being, you know, kind of that can do spirit. What do you need? I got you. I, you know, I've never done that before, but I can figure it out. And then I'll go and go do it. And that's, kind of literally my role in most of my teams that I am on. And so it's, I'm, I'm a gap filler, if you will. What do you need? I'll get it done. Lilith, uh, I had lots of conversations with her as she was like preparing to bring that robot and like everything that she needed to do to get that going. It seemed like a very, um, and, and you know, I think you understand what I mean by this phrase, paint it on the truck kind of a build. I guess in her case, it was like painted on the minivan. Um, it, we had an SUV and, <laughs> and a trailer and we, she, we, well, let me tell you what, we did a cannonball run from uh, Florida. She went from Florida, picked me up in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, a fan in Texas. <laughs> and we just did the whole route in one in like 36 hours or something like that. She, from where she lived all the way to when it was in a, in LA. That's what happens. That's how, so we technically weren't painting in the car, but she was painting up into the last minute. Yes. That's, that's still <laughs> yeah. a lot of miles. <laughs> so many. We were across the country. I'll tell you what, it was a, um, it was a blessing to have that fan that helped us um, finish that last half of the journey for sure. Yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet. 
All right. So Bryce, we'll go to you. Uh, you've been involved in a lot of teams at this point, but how did you get started in this crazy sport? How did you get started or get involved with this community? Uh, same as Philippe. I can remember being like 10 years old, staying up late to watch BattleBots and Robot Wars on TV. And then, you know, fast forward, adult life, got a real job, moved to Baltimore, and I hooked up with Baltimore Hackerspace. And then through that, started doing Power Wheels Racing, met a whole bunch of people from a whole bunch of teams in there. That's right. And then I brought a Roomba with a chainsaw on it to Moto. <laughs> Just kind of snowballed. <laughs> I think the moment that convinced me to do BattleBots was actually the Reckoning. Like seeing Will Bales just destroy a drone. I watched that and I was like, I don't think I could ever build a hypershock, but I could build a drone that explodes in a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> a really expensive custom drone too. I, I love that about oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just a full send, try hard, the dumb stuff mentality. Like, <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Try hard, the dumb stuff. I think that's going to be an unofficial uh, episode title for this. I love that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Doomba, I mean, you kind of just gave us a little bit of the origin stories of Doomba. So where did this concept come from? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you were done with Mammoth. You wanted to move on to something else. Um, so what brought this to the forefront and what kind of made you pick the team that you picked, Bryce? So we'd been tossing around this idea as a second, like a sub team for Mammoth for a while. Mm -hmm. But eventually it just got to the point where it was, it had to happen one way or another, or it had to be given up and I didn't want to give it up. So I was like, okay, we're just going to go for it. I talked to the guys on Doomba, talked to the guys at the hackerspace. Uh, I was talking with Philippe and he was giving me advice the whole time. And then once the selection committee started like giving hints, he was like, Hey, I'm going to help you guys out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where the idea came from, it came from the internet, for sure. You just saw the memes, thought it was funny. Uh, I'd run a smaller Roomba with a chainsaw. It was called Hack and Decker. And <laughs> the crowd loved it. Like, there's these brilliant bots that are like CNC titanium. And, you know, they do well and everyone cheers. And then a Roomba rolls out and everyone screams at the top of their lungs. And you're like, oh, I mean, <laughs> even this year. This is fun. Even this year, when we. Uh, on our last fight, when we got out just to put the transmitter on the, the box because we don't we don't want to walk in with a transmitter, uh, people saw our jersey and just start. They went wild, like the the crowd went wild. They just started screaming "Doomba, Doomba!" That was just it, they they haven't even seen the robot and they were just so hyped already. So you know, pe people like dumb robot like ours. Yeah, and it's a very relatable concept. Everybody knows what a Roomba is. Everybody knows what a chainsaw is. They probably have one or the other in their house. So they're, they're just psyched. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a relatable, relatable theming for your robots is something we've been talking about on a couple of episodes lately. Um, so that actually brings me to my next question about the approvals process. So um, you guys released this video. And it was unlike any other uh, application video I think anybody has ever seen. You gave a full backstory for Doomba. You gave uh, a sympathetic, <laughs> heartfelt, emotionally wrought backstory for this robot. Yeah. Uh, Greg Munson told me it was the best entry video he'd ever seen. It was phenomenal. I mean, it was phenomenal. I, we're going to go ahead and link it in the bio, too, just for anybody that hasn't seen it. 
Um, but if you don't mind, could you walk us through that video and just kind of what happens in it? Liz, take this one. <laughs> okay, so I may have <laughs> helped to contribute to get this out of hand, and because what I, that's what I do as a like, so I you know created content for for a lot of my orgs that I do. A lot of the stuff that I you know that interests me personally are stories, and you know for us like. I will say like, you know, like one of my roles on the team is not just like stuff coming from my brain, but it's getting the ideas out of the guy's brain and just literally putting it down into paper and then saying, okay, hey, let's do this crazy thing. And they're like, no, let's do this. And then we're constantly trying to like outdo each other. (laughs) That's kind of the theme of this. And so, you know, that's how it started. Bryce and I were you know, sitting and we're just, you know, having a beer or drinking wine or something. And we're just like, all right, what are we to do for this video? And then it just snowballed. Like we were just coming out with all of these ideas. Yeah. And so a lot of it is Bryce's idea, but like, so walking you through the video, like you were, your, your original question, sorry. It's Doomba is a super fan and he's just watching, you know, battle bots. And he sees that Kenny makes a kind of a disparaging remark against vacuums. And, decides to like go on and become something greater and like better than because he's a he's already a you know a battle bots fan he wants to now make his own robot and that's what happens he goes to his local hacker space and he builds himself this robot and so you know because a lot of the work that you know Bryce and I do in maker spaces and hacker spaces we always want to link that back into you know where we came from that's our roots and we always want to have a support there and so we wanted to make sure to kind of throw that out like you can do this to make a robot in your hackerspace just get into that network um and so yeah so he makes he becomes a mech bot and then he becomes the great doomba that you see today i uh the first time i watched this actually I actually cheered out loud when he like rolls into the body of Doomba. I loved, oh my God, I lo- every, every single time I do that, I was behind the robot. <laughs> and I was, yeah, she was hiding under the table. I was hiding under the table and I was like physically like grabbing a string, had a string and had the, had Doomba, baby, we call him baby Doomba, but it's also Doomba. But anyway, and we pulled him down into the bot. And so like the whole thing is just like, you know, like the original like Star Wars kind of stuff. Even on the video, you can still see like all the ropes and everything. That's just, it's just perfect. Intentionally, because it was just funnier. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a little bit cheesy. It's funny. Everybody loves it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so then, you know, Greg Munson sees this. The selection committee sees this. What are what is the first bit of feedback they give you guys? So, like that weekend that we dropped that video, he he text me he's like that's the best application video i've ever seen <laughs> good it's like yeah okay awesome we're definitely in for sure for sure we're definitely in and then just like radio silence for six months oh it was it was tough yep. well, yeah to battle bots. <laughs> but at the same time like we knew we had a really out there bot that was kind of pushing what they accept so we we're like okay we need to show them that we have a bot we need to show them that the bot runs and we need to build up like an online presence so that all the fans are like, Doomba, Doomba. Yes. That, uh, I mean, to be honest, that's half of the game. If, if you have a super cool robot, like if like PMF, that was one of the problem with PMF is that I had a cool robot, 
but also I did not do uh, enough uh, things outside of BattleBots so the fans will really like me, you know. There's a lot of people that don't even know my robots exist, but that's that's one of the best thing on Doomba is that everyone that is a, at least a little aware of BattleBots or is in the BattleBots group know Doomba and they know they're coming next year, you know. So we like the first day when we we got up the robots out of the tent just to go meet fans. Like in the first taping of the first day, people already knew the name of the robot and they were cheering for us. And that's that's one of the best thing you want for BattleBots, you know, to be accepted again and again. Yeah, get the um the community support in place, but you guys also had that that awesome like you just have a relatable robot to begin with. You could show up at BattleBots being a complete. Uh, as as my co-host Luke Sangle would say, uh, Vegas tourist mouth breather show up and relate to the robot and and, and immediately want to start rooting for it and cheering for it. Um, just because, like you said, it's it's relatable. Like everybody knows what a Roomba is. It's a fun concept. It's easy to get along with. Yeah, we saw the way everyone loves Rusty. Yes, for no good reason, and we were like, I want everyone to love us for no <laughs> good reason. How Rusty do we do for that? A very good reason. I was. I love. That. And what I what, love it, Rusty. what, what, what reason is that, Liz? What is the reason everyone loves Rusty? So in 2020, we didn't have an audience at all. Um, that was when Rusty and Spork and Oculus debuted yep. in, back in LA. Um, and I mean, I think a really large part of why what goes into Rusty, and not just the Rusty shake, but it's the charm. I mean, like we all had, the, as the audience watching Rusty, we fell in love with David just straight up, like not just the bot, but like we helped him, you know, in his first season, we were all pitching in. And so like, we were like, even though like Rusty was technically, so Sporkanok was Rusty's first blood, by the way. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, Even then, even though he beat us and, you know, fairly, um, I still feel like, I mean, I was, I was cheering for him that whole season and like all of us were losing our minds in the stands when he whenever they fought a lot of so. people at the event told us that they like super good robot like Apershock, which doctor uh, every like good hitter that have a good shot at not but they also have a soft spot for the like the cutesy robot that they know won't win the nut but they can do like doomba can't win some match it, it uh, everything that's behind the armor and weapon like the armor is a legit armor the weapon is uh, can do some damage but people just love the googly eyes and just love outlooks, you know? They they like cheering for robots that they think can't win a match. Yeah. Well, also, just like Rusty, you know, big eyes on the front, draws your attention, triggers that, like, basic, like, oh, I love you response because it's just cute. And then, you know, it also, it looks like something that you or, you know, your kid would build in a shed. So both Rusty and Doomba. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. You would be surprised the amount of firefighter that came to us and said, "Hey, maybe you should use this chainsaw blade instead. That would cut some, some better materials and everything." Like people really want Doomba to win, you know. <laughs> I, I think yeah. I, I had five different firefighters come up and talk to me about chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> I think the important element is that humans pack bond really hard with with things, especially with faces, and I that's what draws us as a team is like, if we love it, we know our fans will love it too. So, you know, like we are kind of our own fans as well. Like, so it's like when we're thinking about like, Oh, what new content were we going to do? If we laugh really hard at a joke, we're like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's, we're good. Keep that. Yeah. 
All right, so Philippe, we're gonna just kind of ask these questions of you because you are the uh, the the cadsman, if you will. Um, so g- give us some specs on Doomba. So it's a legit robot, right? This is a two wheel two wheel drive design, multi weapon system, right? That's legit. Four, four weapons. Uh, yeah, four four weapons on this thing. So tell us about kind of the specs of Doomba. What uh, what all goes into it? Like describe it to people who have never seen it before. Okay, so the first important thing to remember about Doomba is that the Doomba you're going to see next year are actually two different robots. There's the first Doomba that we used uh, in some matches. That it's the uh, the one that uh, Bryce and all that because one thing I didn't say is that uh, I've been on the teams for like three weeks before Biobots. I was mainly just, I was focusing on PMF and then when PMF got uh, rejected, uh, Bryce and I had an, an agreement that we would just rescue the other team if some, if something happened. Yeah. Yep. So what happened is that um, I, I came on Doomba and I said, hey, do, do you guys want my uh, my brushless drive for PMF? So that's one of the first thing I did on Doomba is that fitting that uh, gearbox that custom gearbox inside the second Doomba. Yeah. but what i was saying is that Doomba is really two robot the first one we use is the one that uh, the team built uh, before i was on the team that's it's the uhmw armor and just to do the test and all the videos you see online before the competition and then there's Doomba 2 that this one is uh, all rdox and it's upgraded and everything so if you next year uh, you're gonna see both robot fight they're gonna both be good but you know uh, there's something uh, about the Doomba 2 that I know more and like the it, it there's 20 kilowatts of drive inside the, the gearbox uh, it goes at 23 miles an hour or something like that like it's insane it's, it's wild it's almost undrivable <laughs> it's 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 wild and um, the there's uh, 17 we have as much power behind the weapon as monsoon has with the same it's the same gearbox um, same motors and everything also, um, the self-writer can self-write in any position. There's no problem about that. Uh, and it, it's a NPC motor like a Kraken use uh, for the harms uh, this year or, or the drive last year. And uh, yeah, but all those things are going to be changed anyway for Doomba 3 because Doomba 3 is going to win the nut. I can, <laughs> can assure you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's a good description. No problem. Um, so the the undercutter blade on Duma is that what you would consider the primary weapon, or would that be more the chainsaw for you guys? What's the thought process there? Who's asking? Yes, because there there's a uh, one of our opponent this year didn't even know we had an undercutter. They they went to the match fully expecting the chainsaw to be their first weapon, and let's say they got. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they obviously didn't watch the application video. No, Um, we we showed them after the match and they they were like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It was was perfect. Uh, Oh, that makes me happy. Okay, that makes sense. So the chainsaw is a show Um, weapon. The chainsaw is like the branding, the identity. But then the undercutter is what actually messes somebody up. And it will. Yeah. I like that. Our first day of testing for the undercutter, we were like, okay, well, let's just like, I don't know, start easy. We'll go through like a piece of wood. And we went through the piece of wood and then just through the side of the shipping container we were testing in. And we we're like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, 
like the the undercutter is no joke it's a um the undercutter we use this year is 17 pounds i yeah. think um it's one of the old smee blade because we asked uh, joe to if he could send us the cad because we really like the the blade design so we asked hey can we send us the cad he said oh do you just want the blade and he just sent us two blades i think or uh, one blade and uh, we made another one so you know it just it, it it was perfect for us this year but like i said next year the blade is double in the uh, double in size the, it's 35 pounds instead because that's one of the thing with dumba the first thing the first time we put dumba 2 on the the scale we realized that we had 40 pound overweight uh, underweight you know so we had a lot of stuff a lot of weight to play with to play with yeah so that's great of, yeah that's why we we run the uh ar top plate that is 20 pounds like all season because we just we were still 17 pounds on the weight before the before the the AR top plate you know yeah i think i saw joe uh like the week after you guys's video came out and i said what's the deal with there being a SME blade on that robot do you have anything to do with it and he said oh no they just needed a blade with enough ease and i lend them my design it's fine yeah um, thanks yeah that, that's what i like so much about the battlebots community just hey can i have your cat oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> just <send the> cat. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear we did ask we were like hey can we just run your blade because we think that's funny and he was like yeah 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 that's totally yeah definitely <laughs> go for it yeah <laughs> i think i think that's... he actually laughed in my face and then said yes but you know <laughs> that's not the only design that is from other teams we had um huge's eyes when in the, the video like he gets angry whenever whenever doomba gets angry right. there's huge eyes and so because like as our lore goes or you know our doomba lore um He's a he's a super fan, and so you'll see like periodically just stuff like that kind of show up. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, how much time did you actually have, like once you got the go ahead to to start theming and building and and all of those things? Like, how much time was your build? I think that's the secret: is that we started six months ahead of time. Yeah, we were just like, this is a ridiculous idea. We're just going to full send it and build an entire robot before we get the go ahead. So that's the uh, proto Doomba, Doomba one. We built all of that without any confirmation we were in or anything like that. We were just like, this is cool. Let's go for it. Let's like take a full run at this. And then once we got the go ahead, we had, I think, four weeks to build the second robot. Yeah, we finished the second robot in the pit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you had to get that last minute experience in there too, so you know, it makes perfect sense. Yep, but it's it's a lot different when like we we passed safety on the first Friday that we came in. Like uh, I was uh, first on the site, I unpacked the crate. When everyone got uh, got in, the first thing we did was pass safety, and just after that, it was just uh, self. You know, it was just riding the riding the wave if you want to. There was some last minute design. Like we didn't have a lot of, you know, the aesthetics put together. So when <laughs> yeah, I we, got on set, that's what I was doing was putting <laughs> our logos and things on. And yeah, we finished installing installing the sponsor stickers while we're walking <laughs> out during our first match. Yes, <laughs> in the uh, arena, like yep. we were walking right before the cameras can see us. Yeah, I just I remember putting one of wrappers in my pocket and just fighting yeah. with it there because. <laughs> Yeah, for for our first fight, they they had told us a different time, and then all of a sudden they were like, "We need you in the arena now." 
And you're like, okay. Yep. Um, all right. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your, um, the rest of your team members. Like what does, uh, what does everybody do on the team? Cause you have a pretty big team. Okay. Bryce, you're on Sure. Uh, so we have Brian who is our original CAD designer and now he's sharing the load with Philippe, but he did the original CAD. So I would give him ideas. I would give him sketches and he would convert that into something that we could order from Sen Cut Send. Uh, we have Lou, who does a little bit of everything, and actually she is our best welder. She just has such good muscle control, and she can get those nice. tiny little details in there perfectly. And then she also goes and spies on all the other teams for us. She's friends with everyone. It's kind of amazing. You, you got to need one of those on the team, you know? Yeah. You, you need a spy. This <laughs> is where all the good parties are, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> Uh, Rudy is uh, another one of our mechanical engineers. He does device design and review at the FDA for his day job, and he just needed he needed a release that was not that strict. So he's been our machinist. So most of our parts that are machined, he's done. And Rudy's great. Like I, I would just be in the pits. Hey, Rudy, can you do that? And you just say, Oh, I've already done it. Just he's yeah, he's, he, he's perfect. You would just see something on the to-do list and then walk away with a part and you'd be like, yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Great example of a member that comes into a hacker space or a maker space. And he actually, I remember introducing him to the, we had an open hack night and first meeting him. And he's like, oh yeah, I came because I, kn I knew that there was a battle bot here and I was just interested in, and then that's got the conversation started. And now he's on the team and you know, like, great example of somebody who was really interested and, and just put the effort in and make it, made it happen. He's one, yeah. he's one of the main assets on the team, I would say. Like, he he was so proficient in it. Like, everything he's, you need him to do, he would be able to do it. He just, that was perfect. That's awesome. And then we also have Chris, who is just a general all-around mechanic, and then he would handle a lot of the sponsors for us, which was huge because... There's just too many things to focus on at once. So if you can offload sponsor relations to another guy, then makes the rest of your time much easier. Him and his wife. Yeah, are, yeah Chris and Sharon. Yeah. So that brings us to a really good uh, segue there. Who's Who are your sponsors this year? So Baltimore Hackerspace, obviously. Yeah. Which, But I mean, that's also us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> same with Spun Spoon, right. which yeah. is a spoon that will click into your impact driver so you can mix things really hard. When you need it. That that one's also us because we were just like, this is funny <laughs> and I want it on a robot. This was, so he's not explaining this, the, the Spun Spoon is his idea, concept, company. And like he brought it from full fruition. And now it's like it went to like China for, for manufacturing. And like it was really and it, it was literally for the joke. Well, OK, I didn't do all that. I came up with a terrible idea and designed it. And then another guy at the hackerspace was like, we can make a lot of money on this. He was like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> so then Senkut Send is our largest practical sponsor. And everyone knows Senkut Send. They're amazing. We also have BreachBits, which is a computer security company. We have Five Star Roofing, who does roofing repair, mostly in the Maryland area. And then we have New England Pine and Timber, who sent us the carbide blades for our chainsaw. Amazing. So I know that uh, Chris isn't here, but can you elaborate a little bit on what it's like to find sponsors for a new robot, for a new team? I know that presents some, some particular challenges rather than a robot that's kind of has 
a pedigree. So how were you able to accomplish like getting these sponsors in and, and getting them to support you? That's kind of why you need to build a robot first. Like that's why you need to start six months before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our intro video was yeah. hugely helpful in being able to land sponsors. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And then finding sponsors who you like, who discovery also likes is its own challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, just, it's, it's like online dating, just go for it, get rejected a whole bunch, and then eventually something will work out. That's pretty much it, to be honest. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but that's exactly how it goes. Uh, that's really funny. Um, okay, that makes perfect sense. So this time, you know, you showed up, you had two robots, you passed safety. Like, all of these are amazing accomplishments for uh, first-time heavyweight at BattleBots. Um, what, what are you going to do differently next year? Not just with the, like the robot design. Cause I under, we've covered a little bit of that about that, but like as a team, what did you realize is going to work a little bit better to do it this way next year? What are you going to, how are you going to change your workflow? How are you going to change? Like just to make the experience better for you. I mean, we're just going to double down on stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. I was thinking it. <laughs> I think it's more strategic in some of the stupid things that we do yeah. uh, rather than last minute stupid, which stresses me out a little bit, Yes, which <laughs> is great, uh, but sometimes it can be a little like jarring. But if we're more strategic in our stupid, um, I think that's going to be really fun. And I have a lot of, I, there's definitely some ideas that I put on the back burner as far as like fan engagement. Um Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it though. Am I? I don't because I don't want to like overpromise, underdeliver the uh, wonderful Doomba hats that. <laughs> now you committed yourself. You could talk about it theoretically. We could just say we could just say theoretically. theoretically this might happen. What I wanted to do last season and what I hope to do, like with more fan engagement, is because I'm in education. I want to have like more instructables where like. You make our fan art. If you want to make something like, uh, like a, like you know, the foam fingers, but like, or yeah. like the 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 cheese heads, but like for Doomba, you know, have a Doomba with a chainsaw, uh, you know, on its on their heads and and you know, yeah, the foam chainsaw uh, fingers. Yeah, and so I just want to have like a bunch of crazy stuff like that, uh, you know, for the fans to like they can contribute. I mean, like they really like. I mean, the fans are us, like and what we like, and I love seeing stuff like that. That gets me really excited, and so that's what I'm hoping to to do more. Like the. This year we we literally went like what six or seven times just after the the session just to meet fans because they love the robot they want to see us they want to talk just they they want to see the inside and everything there's something they like for us it's so normal to see ballbots but it might be the first time in their life that they can touch ballbots like some people just came to the robot and asked can I can I touch it and like yeah of course like we need to to be able to to make those fans happy you know. And I think a lot of filming this year, I was worried about like, are we competitive enough? Are we, you know, like, are we doing the right comp like competition based min maxing, but talking to the fans and the teams, it was all just like, no, you're doing like amazing things. Focus on those. So we're just going to focus on the entertaining aspect, you know, bigger fires, louder chainsaws, and just go down that path as hard as we can. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Try hard um, stupid stuff. Yeah, try hard on the super stuff. That's uh, such a good phrase. I absolutely adore that. All right, so Bryce, your first introduction to BattleBots, 
theming was a huge part of that team, right? You literally came out dressed as a condiment, as I recall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I recall too. <laughs> uh, what what was the theming for the team this time? Were you guys able to get some good costuming going? What were you guys wearing out there? Liz? <laughs> This is her baby, so I'm gonna let her tell it. <laughs> yep. hey, y'all, okay. You want some tea? But no, I'm kidding. Struggle. <laughs> we couldn't. I wanted. I would. I would have loved to do something like condiment crazy, <laughs> like, but I think that was too much. Like, what actually the aesthetic that we chose for the team for this year was: it's got to be comfortable, it's got to look professional, and it's got to be something that we could just slap on. Because in all of our experience, I mean, like the the you know, all of us right now on this call, like we have BattleBot experience and we know like, yes, try hard the dumb stuff, but also like, let's not do some of the hard stuff if we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> so- you don't want to be wearing a cheeseburger costume while you're trying to replace yeah. bolts. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I chose. Sounds like some experience. Yeah. <laughs> I chose bowling shirts for us. Uh, shirts, not shorts, uh, bowling shirts, because they're for professional athletes that have to move around and we have to grab robots and we have to grab things and like we got to do things just to get onto set and so you know that was part of our aesthetic and honestly like I love all of the designs that Bryce comes out with I mean he's uh you know got great designs like we have uh Doomba stickers with the logo of like kind of like a warning sign chasing after a man in a chainsaw or you know it's Doomba chasing a man and so it's like warning signs and so that's the (laughs) Whole overall aesthetics is that kind of that warning yeah. label safety black, first quote unquote safety third or yeah whatever and so that's that's the aesthetic um <laughs> for this year but that is a great lead-in for our pit shirts we have the doomba and sons doomba and daughters forestry service shirts where it's just like doomba and his kids out in the forest cutting down trees and those shirts are now available for merch. Those shirts, yes, I absolutely, and they are very nice shirts. By the way, like uh, people who are not BattleBats fans would probably look at them and be like, "That's a cool shirt." Um, yeah, no, I just designed that shirt because I want something I would actually wear. Yeah, yeah. like I'm not going to wear the Mammoth shirt or the Hypershock shirt out and about. But right, yeah, yeah. I would wear because this to you, the bar. It, for for future BattleBots teams that are listening to us, you don't want your like star shirt, the one you're gonna wear on TV to be the one you're gonna use in the pit because that's not that's not a good idea. <laughs> I did that mistake last year on PMF. <laughs> and it gets messy and dirty real fast and not Yeah, and then you're desperately looking for the one clean shirt you might have. Yeah. Yeah. Before you have to go be on television, yeah. right? Because you you have two jobs. Yeah. You're a robot mechanic and you're also a television personality. And it's uh difficult to do both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have somebody like me who was safeguarding all of the shirts. Yeah, steal the iron out of the hotel, bring it to the pits. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. She almost beat me one time because I lifted on the chair. <laughs> I didn't want to re-iron everything. Yeah, I guess. So. It does show up. It really does. Like the camera's do show up like any wrinkle I've noticed um, will like, especially if you're wearing just like a regular, like a, like a Jersey t-shirt, you know, on TV, like everything shows up. And so, I mean, I know we're only on, on TV for a little bit, but you know, I'm in charge of aesthetics. So <laughs> my job. All right. So let's get into some hypotheticals here. Cause our fans just love the hypotheticals. Who is your ideal opponent? with Doomba who do you want who's it designed to face slash 
who do you get the most lulls for facing? Rusty. <laughs> I mean, I would love to play Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> you just want the 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 fans to like. I want them to be, be so divided confused over which not know what to do. They have to pick a side. They have to pick a side. <laughs> Who's the cutest robot? That's that's gonna be the name of the episode. Yeah, and I love it. I think like our best stack up is also one of our worst, and it's huge. Yep. Oh yeah. If we get the angles on them, we can take their wheels apart. If they get the angles Absolutely. on us, they can just dump our gasoline all over our robot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, it's great TV, so let's do it. But you know, we when we designed the new chainsaw for uh, Doomba, we know it's going to get exploded at some point. So we try to make it more explody. So if, if it <laughs> explodes, <laughs> it's going to be at least cool on TV, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so this is um, this is a internal combustion engine weapon, right? The chainsaw. Yep. No, no, it's a uh, um, it's it's so, a motorcycle engine that we're oh, gonna mo- yeah, we're gonna put a custom blade on it. So this gotcha. season we were trying to get the two stroke to work. It got to like one week before ship, and we were like, okay, we need to focus on the rest of it. We're gonna go to an electric chainsaw. Yeah. And that was honestly kind of disappointing. So we've now doubled down on the internal combustion engine and we're going full custom internal combustion engine, ridiculous chainsaw. Love it. Love it. And, and, uh, allegedly, I mean, the, you know, the season has not aired yet, but allegedly Rusty's going a little internal combustion this year too. Oh, it's not. Those... Yeah. You, you can't yeah. miss it. <laughs> You'll hear it like a, across the pits and the other side yeah it's like for, first time he, he ran the engine outside to do his safety test the pit cleared everyone went to see what what was that you know that's awesome that makes me so happy for dave actually that's great <laughs> yeah oh, that's really cool um all right so the last thing that i want to ask you guys before we go this is a deeply philosophical question if you were to build a try-hard version of Doomba, a Doomba that would win fights, would win the nut, and that's allegedly what you're bringing next year, right? <laughs> how different? How different would it look from this current Doomba? Would it be recognizable? Would it be of the same vein, or would it be something completely different? Well, that's the real trick, right? Like we don't want to bring a four-wheel drive vert Doomba. We want to bring a ridiculous Doomba. (laughs) But we also want to destroy as many bosses as we can because losing to a chainsaw on a Roomba is even funnier than... (laughs) And also, next year, we're going to have a lot of different modules. Like, we have the... This one is just a placeholder, like the normal chainsaw. But we also have Doomba with a gun. That is just a cannon that we can change the chainsaw to on top. So that's something. If you want, that's a, a, a behind the bot exclu- exclusive. But we're gonna have a lot of different modules, and also the um, the self rider next year is gonna be fully custom. Let me just find it. Yeah. So some of the tryhard things that we're doing for next year is we're switching to full brushless everything. We've yes. moved that direction, but now we're even going brushless on the lifter with a full custom lifter CNC gearbox. And the lifter also has a uh, pokey stick like sad butt 
that we can uh, let me just show you there's a pokey stick like sad but that we can put on the arm and the lifter is able to lift 500 pounds of the of the ground <laughs> yeah and then we expose their soft tender underbelly to the undercutter yep which will be increased in both depth it, and width it's double, next year. double the weight from last year wow wow so yeah we we already started build uh, designing doomba we i think we said we want to have it done by february if everything goes well yeah we should have cad done by february so we can start building just so we're not rushed at the last minute because they gave us what six weeks this year so we don't want to build two new robots in six weeks you know yeah so we will we'll play with the frame geometry it may not be exactly Roomba shaped but it'll be at least close enough that you think oh that's a vacuum and also, we still have the googly eyes. That's the more. The you most gotta have the googly eyes. Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah! If we're talking about try hard the dumb stuff, we have we have plans for the eyes. Yeah. There's so much other plans that we haven't even talked about. <laughs> it's gonna be. It, I, I would I would say that Doomba two to Doomba three is like Hypershock season two to Hypershock season three. You know, it's the same robot, but it's mostly different. But you can still recognize the robot. You know. I like, love that. As we were talking about in the group chat, like, well, somebody will just say something stupid. So somebody just said, imagine if we had flame emojis for our eyes when we caught on fire. Yep. Because, and the rest oh, of the team was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's dumb. <laughs> yep. How do we do this? This is in reference to, to maybe changing up the googly eyes and turning it into possibly LEDs. Yep. I was wondering, yeah, are you, are you going to go with LEDs or are you just going to go straight up LCD? Like, why be, not, right? Right now, we're looking at OLED displays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. LED, OLED, TFT. Yep. And like. the uh, the best thing is that next year in the box, we're going to have four, uh, four drivers controlling the robots. And one of them is only going to be controlling the eyes with an app on a cell phone. So if they can show <laughs> that on TV, it's going to be yeah. perfect. <sighs> slowly on your ways to having the most expensive googly eyes in battle bots yeah. i love it yep <laughs> <laughs> very quickly on our way to- <laughs> yep. I think my favorite part because you were asking about what we want to have for next year i think my favorite internals um would be the ro- the rubber chickens that we're gonna also include i wasn't gonna tell them about that but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> We can't reveal too much, but um, there things happened, and we're like, "Oh, in case this happens again, let's include rubber chickens." So it'll just go yep. like come out. I mean, at some point, we also said yeah. that if we're gonna have uh, one of those match, we're just gonna use the first Doomba and fill it with every uh, butane can we can find in the pit, and just fill it inside the robots. So there's gonna be two two outcomes. One, we get trashed and we explode, which is cool. And the other one is we get trashed and the we can see six butane can rolling on the, uh, the battle box floor. And that's going to be even funnier, in my opinion. We'll see. We used to do that back in Mammoth days. We had a flamethrower and we just like add extra butane cans in various areas. Just yep. like, just in case. Yeah. Just in case, just for funsies. You got to remember case. that Battlebots is a TV. It's a TV show first, and then a, a combat robotics competition. That's so. exactly right. That's yep. exactly right. And the teams that embrace that are the ones that get invited back next year. 
the teams that embrace that are the ones that the fans fall in love with and that sell t-shirts. So yes, I, um, I mean, we, we love those teams up behind the bots and we were so happy to see what you guys were doing and what you guys had put together and that so many of the new teams this year really embrace that. I mean, we've got you guys, we've got like a full on pizza bot. We've got the, like the full on alien bot, like recognizable, awesome, easily, easily to relate to themes. And that's so smart. (laughs) I think a lot of that is just the veterans who have, who have learned the game. They're like, Oh, it's not actually about building the best robot. It's about building a very good robot that is also entertaining. I'm sure it's super fun to spend $60,000 to win the nut, but I'd rather have, I'd rather spend a fourth of it and just have people screaming my name when I go into the arena, you know? (laughs) 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 Also about the friends we make along the way, y'all. Oh my goodness. (laughs) 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 It's about the memes we make along the way. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, thank you guys so very much for joining us tonight. This was delightful. Um, I cannot wait to see your team in the battle box again soon. And uh, yeah, thank you guys very much. Thank you. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. Uh, You're not going to want to miss this one because we're traveling to your nearest tide pool where roboticists are studying sea urchin sperm. What? Sea urchin sperm. Like the genetic material? The genetic material released by sea urchin in hopes of replicating aspects of sea urchin sperm in robots, of course. Sea urchins reproduce by (coughs) excreting huge clouds of sperm and eggs in the water in hopes that the sperm will find the eggs and create new baby sea urchins. And they're they're connected together uh, by the stork. The stork actually... That's what I've heard. Yeah, that works them together. Uh, Robot researchers are studying this phenomena to see if they can build robots that can dynamically find an object without any other navigational tools. Huh, pretty cool. Uh, For example, this could be useful for tiny self-propelled robots that get released into the ocean in great quantities and that are tasked with finding things like oil spills or microplastics or sea urchin sperm. Well, think about, you know, you have to take cues from nature on a microscopic scale like this, because think about the ability to essentially get a um, an injection of some kind <laughs> of like a, like a nanobot that could detect Maybe, uh, you know, uh, more pronounced viruses or cancer cells or huh. something like that. You know, nature does everything better than we can do it. So we might as well learn from it. And being able to kind of zoom in really, really, really tiny, uh, you know, and, and look, looking inside of one of these sea urchins. <laughs> Uh, it's really an, it's really a, an expensive program too because they have to take the sea urchins out to dinner. They got to buy it a <laughs> bottle of wine. They got to be really nice to it and clean the house. And yeah, it's uh, 
it's a challenge, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that we look at all aspects of nature to kind of pull in uh, things to learn from, especially when we uh, we're now kind of in this new era of creating very, very, very tiny robots. Chris, you've convinced me, uh, inject me with that sea urchin sperm. Well, we we can go down to Bowery Dugout uh, for an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet, maybe after NHRL, Luke, because we know that uh, you have you do have a little bit of a shellfish issue. Okay, and that's about it for us today. <laughs> we want to thank Nicole for editing this week's episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nicole. You do such a great job. We'll be back in your feed next week with another mystery guest. We'll see you then, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.